Welcome to the Faith Lighthouse Church message of the week. We hope that you enjoy this teaching. For more information about this message and other resources, visit mylighthouse.church. Well, today we are going to continue our Searching for Christmas series. If you want to turn in your Bibles to Luke's Gospel, that's where we're going to spend a few moments today. Uh, it's going to, to be a, uh, an opportunity for us to, to uh, see how God is speaking to us in, in various places throughout the Bible. If you missed last week, uh, you can always go to our website, mylighthouse.church, and hear any of our previous uh, messages. And, and the title of this, this message series, Searching for Christmas, obviously is, the, is exactly what it is. There's not a whole lot behind the titles that we're searching for Christmas. In, inside of each and every one of us, I believe that we're all searching for meaning. We're all searching for something deeper. We're all searching for how everything fits into place. That, that we ultimately, we search for uh, the bigger picture. That we, we all look and we want to know some of the, the bigger questions of life. Like, you know, can, can God make a rock big enough that, or heavy enough that he can't pick up you know like what I mean we, we we question and we search for answers on those things and as a kid I remember asking my parents that question and and I'm like man when I get to heaven it's gonna be the first question I ask that is not gonna be the first question I ask but you know we search and we we have questions in our minds and we try to to piece everything together and 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 a lot of the bigger things but even the smaller things in life that we we try to figure out how everything goes into place I'm going to embarrass Rebecca. She just walked out, so I can't really embarrass her too much. Um, but the past couple of, of weeks, um, she's been putting puzzles together. And, and she's like, you know what? I, I think this is something we need to do as a family activity. We just need to put pu puzzles together. Um, that lasted about five minutes. Um, <laughs> kids got bored. They, ah, we're going to go do whatever. And then she was sitting there um, putting the puzzle together. She was sitting. You realize I wasn't there either. I'm throwing myself under the bus on that one. Um, that I got bored with it, and I moved on. I think college football was on. Um, but putting puzzle pieces together, that you know, and, and you sit down, and you've got all the puzzle pieces on the table, and, and you try to figure out, and you're looking at the picture in the box, and you're putting it together, how do all the pieces fit together? And I believe ultimately that that's what we do in our lives, that we're trying to figure out how all the pieces go together, that ultimately we long for the explanation, we, we long for purpose and meaning for the things that happen in our lives, for the experiences that we go through. How do they all fit together? Ultimately, I believe that everything is connected. I believe that there is a purpose for all things that we go through in life. I believe that there is a, there is a greater story that is going on. Let me give you an example of some things that you probably have said. And, and feel free to, yep, that's me, raise your hand if you've said any of these statements. The first one. Everything happens for a reason. Participation. All right. It's good. All right. I don't believe in coincidence. All right. You just haven't met the right person yet. Don't look to the left or right. I guess it wasn't meant to be. How many of you have said that one before? Okay. One day it will all make sense. And my foot. <laughs> as believers, as Christ followers, we, we tend to, I believe most of us, try to put, connect the dots of all the things that happen in our lives. And in doing so, we call it a God thing. That the way that we, we position and the way that things happen or events that we go through, it's a God thing. 
that, that I have said that many times, that people I've run into or things that I step back and go, that was a God thing. There is no way I could have planned a sequence of events. There's no way that I could have done this. There's no way anybody else could have. It was a God thing. We, we want to put things in place. We want to understand the deeper meaning. We often question why things happen when tragedy strikes. When something happens in our lives or in our families, we ask, why? Why did that? Because there's something inside of us searching for a deeper meaning. We want to know how does this all connect? Why did there has to be something why this event happened? There's got to be a reason for it. There has to be purpose in my pain. There has to be something that, that if I'm suffering, that it has to connect to something purposeful. I, I'm not just going through this just because it has to make sense that we're searching for that. That we naturally assume, I believe most people naturally assume that something greater is going on that we just can't see yet. And I believe the Christmas story is a reminder that that thing that is in us, that desire, that, that, that need to how it all goes together, that the Christmas story is a reminder that something bigger is going on. That while we may not be able to put it all together in the moment, that it may seem random, that it may just seem like a, just a random sequence of events, that something is happening. It's easy to look at our world and go, man, there's just a bunch of random stuff happening. But I don't believe it's as random as it may appear. That there is a story, that something bigger is happening, and, and there really is a divine story taking place. So let's, let's look in Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, Luke chapter 1. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitness and servants of the word. Therefore, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, it seemed good also to me to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. Let me pause right there. Aren't you glad that this story and no other account in the story starts with "once upon a time"? Nowhere in the account does in the, the, the Gospels or anywhere else in the Bible "once upon a time." That phrase is left for fairy tales. That phrase is left for all the wonderful Disney movies that now you can watch on Disney+. Plus. I didn't, I don't know, I didn't get it paid for that. They need to pay me for that. I, don't, they, I should, like, they should get some royalties for that or something. But all the Disney movies, all the things that we know, and, and reading the bedtime stories so you get once upon a time, that usually indicates what you're about to read is all fake. It's made up. It's somebody's imagination. This is not fake. This is not somebody's imagination. This account are the things that, were, that happened. And, and they're put in order so that you may understand everything. Let's continue on. Jump down to verse 26. So in the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. Amen. Who does not want to be highly favored of God? Highlighted, underline it. The Lord is with you. 
Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. What am I going to get into now? (laughs) But the angel said to her, don't be afraid. All right. All right, angel, we're good. She probably was still a little bit afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary, being like every other person that would ever have lived and ever will live, asked this question. How will this be? How is all of this going to come into place? This is all fine and good, but tell I need more details. Because the big part of this, I'm a virgin. How am I going to have a child? How are all these things going to come to pass? And I'm a virgin. Great question, Mary. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. Surprise, surprise. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. And the angel left her. There's a whole lot within this story that we we look at Mary's life and we see that we don't know a whole lot about Mary up until that point. We don't know a lot of, of her history. We don't know a lot of her background. We don't really know anything until the angel appears to her. And then we're invited into her life from that point. We know that she was pledged to be married to Joseph just like every other arranged or or prepared marriage before them. We don't know anything else other than that. She was planning her life to marry Joseph, a carpenter, lead a seemingly normal life. Just like her mother and her father and everyone before her. She would probably live and, and die in the same community. Nothing special, nothing stood out. The time came for another chapter to be written in the story of God. The story of our redemption. And Mary is playing a big part of this. Now remember, it had been 400 years. 400 years is a long... My kids think four minutes is a long time. 400 years have passed by and God has been silent. That there have been no major things going on. That that people are searching, God, where are you? God, are you going to move? Are you going to do anything? Are you even here anymore? Do you care about us? 400 years have gone by. The Babylonians, the Persians, Alexander the Great, the Roman Republic, now the Roman Empire have all come to pass. They have all been. And now comes the birth of a king. But it doesn't start with once upon a time. There had to have been a lot of people asking the question. Where are you, God? What, are, what have you been up to? Why are you waiting? And it almost seemed like God showed up in that moment in time and, and said, don't you realize, don't you understand that this is not about the plans of man. This is not about your timing. This is about my will. This is about the will of Almighty God. That every one of those kingdoms, all of those empires, they came and they went by my declaration. That God, even though it seemed like he was out of the picture, everything was happening according to his plan. 
When we look at the details of history, it may look like God was not in it, but he was. It may seem like random events just happening through the course of time. God was nowhere to be found, but he was there in the middle of it all. That God has a plan, that it is by his purpose that everything happens according to his will. So Mary hears from this angel, and and her life is flipped upside down. And not only her life, but everyone's life is about to change. That nothing is ever going to be the same. So she has this encounter with the angel and and that her life and she's going to bear this child and and you are favored by God and, and, and all of these things. And then the angel leaves. And then nothing. Wait, wait, wait. But, but. All of these things are going to come to pass. Aren't you going to stand by me beside? Aren't you going to walk me through everything? Next thing she knows, she's pregnant. And she's riding on a donkey from Nazareth to Bethlehem. It's about an 80-mile journey. That's a long stretch by any imagination. But can you imagine? I, I, I cannot be imagined pregnant, being pregnant, so I'm not even going down that road. But ladies, can you imagine... Being pregnant and having to travel 80 miles on foot and a donkey to have birth. Just looking at my wife and what she went through, there's no way I'm putting her on a donkey, taking her anywhere. So this is what is in front of her. That she, this is where she has to go. And oh, now she gets there and there's no place for her. There's, there's, there's no comfy bed. There's no hospital that... She gets to where she's supposed to be, and now she has to go have the child, the the one that is going to come save the world, the one that is going to redeem the world. By the way, you've got to go have it in a stable with all the animals. (laughs) I don't don't think I would want to be around Mary when when Joseph had to tell her, um, we got to go out back in the barn. That, I tell you, man, he was a man of courage. I don't know a whole lot about him, but man, I... I don't know if I could, like, somebody else needs to tell her. <laughs> where are you, angel? Where are, where are you, God, in the middle of all of this? A little bit of help would be nice. At least provide a room for me. Everyone knows her story. Can you imagine the gossip about Mary? It's anything like Plant City. Holy cow! Everybody is talking about her. Do you know that she's pregnant? And that's not We need to have a prayer meeting for her. Everything is going just completely opposite. But remember, she's highly favored of God. That doesn't seem like somebody that's highly favored by God. It's been a difficult journey. Everything is going on. People are talking about her. So now... She has to leave with her baby, with the, having just been born in a barn, and now she hears that Herod wants to kill her child. So now they have to leave where they've already traveled from and go to Egypt, which is about a 200-mile journey. Have you gone anywhere with an infant for 200 miles? If you get on an airplane and you see a baby around you, you're like, oh, no. Oh, dear Jesus, please. <laughs> Now imagine doing that on foot with a donkey going 200 miles to Egypt. And then she gets word no parent, no mother, father wants to hear. 
that Herod has killed every child, every boy that is around two years of age in Bethlehem and the surrounding areas. How could she not feel that that's my fault? That somehow that, that I'm, I'm the cause of all of that. I'm the cause for the, the pain and the anguish that those parents are going through. Fast forward in Mary's life. The child that was given to her, who was going to, to, to be the, the savior of the world, she's now watching, watching him getting beaten within an inch of his life, getting mocked and nailed to a cross and crucified. You and I know the end of that story. Mary didn't know the end of the story. Put yourself in Mary's shoes. The, the things that she went through, having giving birth and, and all of the troubles and the trials and everything she went through. Now watching her son in this just unimaginable situation. In that moment, this was just another senseless Roman execution. From everyone's perspective, it was just another act of violence. That ultimately Jesus was a nobody, then he was going to be remembered by no one. From the vantage point of time, we know that there was meaning in everything that took place. From the vantage point of 2,000 plus years later, we understand why the baby was born in a manger. We understand why things happened. We understand why Jesus was beaten and mocked and crucified because we know three days later he broke through the grave and now we have life because of that. We sing, we shout, we dance, we have victory in that. But Mary didn't know that watching her son die. Where is the purpose, God? Where is the meaning in all of this? You promised me I was highly favored of God. That's what I would have been saying in Mary's shoes. We have the perspective of, of time to see the purpose. Mary's pain was our gain. Her suffering was our gain. Someone once said, perfect faith is not faith that moves God. Perfect faith is faith that moves us to trust God when he doesn't seem to be moving. It means that we have to have the faith to respond to random events that may seem random in our lives. To trust that they're part of God's plan. Look at how Mary responded to everything in verse 38. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Saying it another way. This isn't how I thought my life was going to go. This is not how I had planned things. But may it be according to your word. Mary had planned to live her life much like everybody else in her community. That's what her thoughts and her plans were. But she said, God, I'm willing to trust in your plan. Whatever your word is, that's what will happen. I don't know about you, but you are probably searching for things in life, searching for meaning in things. That you probably look and say, there has to be an order. There has to be a sequence of things, why things are happening. If you're anything like our, our house, 
at Christmas, you have a Christmas tree. Probably much larger than this one in my hand. But you probably have a Christmas tree, and you probably have a certain way that you decorate it. That if it's a, a Christmas tree that you buy right off the lot, then you take it home and put it on a stand and put it in the house and make sure it's in the right spot. Probably get Christmas lights. Take it from the bottom to the top. Probably have special ornaments. Hang them on the tree. And then you've got the topper. Whether it's a star, an angel, whatever it may be. But there's probably an order to your Christmas tree. It's probably not just, hey, just throw everything up there and see what it looks like. Some of you might be that way. <laughs> Don't care. Just throw it up there. It doesn't matter. Look at a Charlie Brown tree. It's okay. Just put one ornament on there. Wrap Linus's blanket around it. It'll be beautiful. And everybody will sing around it. If you're like my house, there's order to it. You've got to do it a certain way. When our kids were younger, <laughs> the kids wanted to just throw ornaments on the tree wherever. And looking at the tree, and Rebecca and I would stand back and go, when they go to bed, we're going to fix it. Make them, you know, oh, yes, yeah, look at all the, oh, yeah, it's good, but we're going to fix it later. Now we don't care. You get to the point, like, okay, whatever you want to do. And now we've got two dogs, and they've eaten half of the Christmas tree anyway, so <laughs> that ship is long gone. But often, when you, when you see, you, you decorate your tree, you, you want to make sure that things are in the right place. When you put your ornaments on the tree, that everything has, it has its place. When things happen in our lives, we, 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 the things in our lives, it, it's an, or there's an order to it. There's a reason why things happen that, that, that makes sense. This is how we do things. But when Mary is looking at her life and what she's going through, how does she order this? How does she take the events, the, the ornaments of her life, and how does any of this make sense? Where do I put them? These ornaments do not fit. The things that, that have been going on, the, the troubles, the trials, everything, these do not fit. Where do these ornaments go? I don't know, God, what I'm supposed to do. We search for purpose. We search for meaning. We want things to happen in a certain order. Life cannot just be random. We want to know that everything is going to go on our tree in perfect order, that there's a sequence of events. But ultimately, when it comes to our walk with God, it's not our responsibility to know where. Our responsibility is to believe that everything has a place on the tree, whether we know where it goes or not. That I trust in God that I may not know where all the ornaments are going to end up. I don't know why I'm even holding this one, God, but I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to trust in your plan, even though it may not make any sense. This does not fit with anything in my life. This is a puzzle piece that does not fit, but I'm going to trust in you. That was Mary's approach. I am your servant, God. May it be to me as you have said. May that be our prayer. May that be our desire to serve God. I am your servant. May it be to me as you have said. We may not understand everything. We may not understand all the ornaments that are, that are in our lives. But I do know that we were all created for purpose. And we all search for purpose. It's in every single one of us. Sometimes we find it. Sometimes we see things very clearly. Sometimes we need no explanation. I know why this happened. I know why this event happened in my life because I made some mistakes. 
Nobody else's fault, mine. I did X, Y, and Z, and that's why I'm getting the results. I know I am blessed because I did these things. We don't need a whole lot of explanation. Sometimes we search and we just don't find. I don't know why these things are happening. Sometimes they're right there. Sometimes it's like we're standing in a fog going, hello, is anybody there? Because I don't know what's going on. I don't know which direction to go. But at Christmas, I believe it's a time for us to be reminded that life is not as random as we may think. That there is a story taking place, a divine story. And really, we can choose to be a part of it. To trust in God and saying, God, I am your servant. May it be to me as you have said. In closing, I want to do something today that I believe is very important. I believe it's very important for, for us as a body of believers to do things like this from time to time. And so this morning, if you're able to and, and you'd like to, I, I would ask everybody across the room to stand. I believe it's important that we take time to, to reflect, that we take time to to seek God, to allow Him to move, allow the Holy Spirit to minister in our lives in very unique and special ways. And so this morning, what, what I'm going to ask everyone to do is, is across the, the room is that I'm going to ask that we pray for one another. And I understand this may be outside of your comfort zone, and it may not be, but, but please hear what I'm going to say is, is that I'm not asking you to, to, to share everything that's on your heart and, and just pour out everything to person standing next to you that you've maybe never met or talked to before but what I am asking is that you may be here today and life has given you some ornaments maybe this past week you've gotten some ornaments on the tree of your life and you're sitting there holding them and going God I don't know what to do with this that maybe the past week or the past month or maybe 2019 is You've got a, a handful of ornaments. You're going, God, I don't know what to do with these. There's no sequence. There's no order. I don't know what to do with them. They don't seem to make sense. And it, God, it doesn't seem like you're moving on my behalf. I know your promises. I know what your word says. But I just, I don't see you moving. I don't know what to do. And you're holding on to these. And you're going, I just, you're, you're searching for meaning. You're trying to figure it all out. And it's a, it's a heavy burden and you're coming into this Christmas season and you're like, I'm trying to be full of joy. I'm trying to be full of happiness, but I just don't know what to do with these things. Maybe it's some bad news. Maybe it's disappointment. It's heartache. I, I don't know what it may be, but you feel like you're just holding on to something and, and you don't necessarily feel God moving on your behalf. If you're here today and there's anything that is going on in your life, then in just a moment, I'm going to have you just simply raise your hand. And if there's something that you're just holding on to, and you're like, I just, I just want to know that, that others are praying for me, and I know that God is moving on my behalf, and you just need some encouragement today. There is such power in prayer that often that, that prayer is our last resort when it should be our first. But to take an opportunity and, and with the things that we're holding on to and say, God, I just... As I'm standing here in, in, in this, this community of believers that we're here for a purpose and a reason. It's not, it's not a coincidence that you're here this morning. There's a purpose. And maybe it's been something you've been praying for. And, and, and I'm speaking to something right now that you have been praying for. And like, God, show me a sign that you care. This is your sign. God is speaking to you. God is showing you I care. I, I'm working in your life.
But if there is something that, that is going on in your life in just a moment, I'm just going to have you raise your hand. And then those of you that are around, anybody that's raising their hand, I just, I just want you to do this. Just simply reach over, touch them on the shoulder, and just pray as the Holy Spirit would direct you. Again, I, uh, raising your hand, you don't have to share what's going on unless you choose to. But just as a signal of, uh, to, to God and to everyone around you that, I, God, I, I just need, I need to see you. I need to see you moving. I, I, I need to be uplifted. I need to be encouraged because I'm trying to find meaning in all this and I'm struggling. Help me through this. And as we come together as a body of believers to lift each other's burdens up, that I believe God is going to move on your behalf. That I hope in my desire that every person that walks out the doors today, that you leave uplifted and encouraged. And you go, you know what? I may not understand this. I may not know where it goes, but I know who holds me. I know whose plan and purposes are greater than mine. That through the course of time, it may not make sense right now. But I know you have a plan. I'm going to trust in you. So all across the room, if there is anybody today and you say, I just need, God, I need you to move. I, whatever that may be. If there's something in your life right now, just lift up your hand. Don't be shy. Just lift up your hand. And if there's anybody around you, just go ahead and put your hand on their shoulder. And let's begin to pray. God, right now, we lift up the needs of our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. God, you know the need of every hand that is represented here today. You know the burdens that they're walking through. You know the struggles. You know the challenges. You know the adversities. God, and as we lift up each other's burdens, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would minister in a very special way. That you would give encouragement. That, that, that you would provide healing in Jesus' name. We know that you can heal, that you can touch, you can restore. You can bring the things that are broken and you can mend them together. You are the healer of all things. We trust in you. We know that you are a miracle-working God. And if there is a miracle that needs to take place, may it happen now. Our faith is in you and you alone. We stand on your word, God. We stand on your promises and who you are. We've seen you do it before. And we know you can do it again. God, I pray for peace. That your peace would rest. That where there may be darkness, that your light would shine. God, that there would be purpose, that, that those that are seeking meaning in things, that you would reveal it to them. That they would see the greater purpose. Maybe even just a glimpse. But even if we don't see a glimpse, we ultimately we trust in you. May our faith rise today to be encouraged, to be sustained by you, Holy Spirit. You hold us, God, in your, in your hands. You know us by name. You know every hair on our head. There is nothing that surprises you. There is nothing that shocks you. We hold steadfast in the knowledge that we are in your hands. Holy Spirit, move. Minister. We speak life. We speak hope, we speak encouragement, we speak peace, we speak joy. We break down walls, break down barriers. 
heal, touch, restore, mend. Holy, holy is your name. God, I thank you for the work that you're doing. I thank you, God, for the plan that you have. Life is not just a random series of events. But there's purpose. And there's meaning. Even when we may not see it. Even when we may not understand. We trust in you and you alone. Again, God, thank you for this ministry. Thank you for this opportunity to minister to one another. And we ask this all in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the message of the week. If you've enjoyed this teaching, would you consider a gift to support the ministry of FLC? Visit mylighthouse.church forward slash give. Faith Lighthouse Church is located at 3409 Paul Buckman Highway in Plant City, Florida. Our weekly worship services are held on Sundays at 11 a.m. We also have various life groups and programs for all ages that meet throughout the week. We'd love for you to be a part of what God is doing in Plant City.